Hi, this is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is January 31st, Sunday, and this is The Economy Guy, coming to you from the beautiful south of France. I'm looking out the window directly at the Mediterranean Sea right now. Uh, it's a little overcast, but uh, it's a beautiful day. You can actually walk outside with a, maybe a sweater might be a good idea. Uh, but when the sunshine comes out, you don't even need that. A, a nice shirt works out really well for you. So I have a uh, full appointment. I have a very different program for you today. Five sections for you to talk about. I'm going to start by uh, review, quickly reviewing the market, give you an idea of what's going on there. The second area is I'm going to talk about the a whole concept of, which you've heard on the news, all of you have heard, uh, the whole concept of GameStop. It's been on the news the entire week, uh, but I think it has some major ramifications. I'm going to the first section of that, I'm going to talk about what happened in the market with GameStop. Why did it happen? What went on? What's the uh, underlying movement of money? The uh, third section I'm going to have is uh, what is the social implications of the GameStop? There are social implications which are important to understand and to see and to, uh, and to fully appreciate. The fourth section, which is fed into by the social things, is my uh, personal uh, interpretation of what just happened. And uh, so I will be sharing my, that, and I believe I'm the only one who's going to say this. I've listened to maybe 20 different pundits about GameStop. Nobody said it the way I'm going to say it. Uh, it's just my, my thought there. The fifth and last section will be the review of the precursors for a market breakdown. Where are those precursors? What's happening? And uh, th which I started talking about last week. I'll continue that each week and uh, share those with you. So let's get on with the first section, which is a market review. And this is the first section that we're going to cover, which is a quick review of the markets. And I'll start with the market I don't normally talk about, which is the housing market in the United States. It is very strong, very, very strong. If you take the, uh, the uh, idea that the number of sales of homes that has gone on is higher now than at any point ever before. We're setting a record on number of homes sold at this time of year. Just just plot it every month, and you look at each year, and each year it's a little better, a little worse. Well, this is above all of those. It's the best. 
And if you also they plot uh, the uh, number of uh, houses that are for sale. In other words, what's the supply? And that is the lowest that it's ever been. So what that means in the housing market is there's high demand and low supply. If you ever are going to sell a house, now's the time. <laughs> because there are areas in the United States where the only way that people will be able to buy it is to bid it up higher than the asking price. Interesting, isn't it? Um, and, the, and, and it will continue, I believe, for a while. Uh, let's go on with the markets. The stock market fell 1,000 points from 31,000 to 30,000. Uh, that's a huge drop in a week, which had a lot of turmoil. So the next thing I'll talk about is the VIX, which is the, I call it the fear index. It's the uh, variability. It's how how much the market is going up and down. And it's hit 30. It's normally in the 20, 20s, which is pretty nervous, actually. It should be less than that. But in the 30s, it is, it is really nervous. So the market was nervous. That was part of the GameStop issue, I believe. It created nervousness in the entire market. Uh, the 10-year Treasury bond, an important measure, uh, started up at a high uh, interest rate, uh, dropped down almost all the way to 1%, and came right back and ended at 1.093. So it had a big fluctuation during the week. And that's also very interesting uh, and important. Uh, so because interest rates kind of is the uh, dog that's wagging the tail. <laughs> but interest rates are the dog. So uh, that's that's it for the markets. Now I'm going to go on to the second section. I'm going to start talking about GameStop and uh, so you can get a good understanding of what's going on there. So this is the third section and I'm going to talk about the market action of GameStop or GME is the ticker symbol for that. So why am I going to talk about this at all? It's just some crummy business. It's a business that is a, uh, they have stores around the United States and they uh, sell games, uh, you know, the, the discs that you play in your computer games. And uh, you would think, wait a minute, isn't the world digital now? And can't you just download games? And the answer is yes. And that is the future. And therefore, this business has to go out of business sometime in the future, at least with its current business plan. It doesn't have a big future. And uh, with that recognition that it's not a bright future, hedge funds have come along. Hedge funds have been doing something legally for a long time, but it's not, in my opinion, real ethical, but it's legal. And they uh, short the shares of a company. So they have, and, and uh, it turns out they, uh, hedge funds came along and shorted uh, this GameStop company. And, uh, and then what they do is they uh, they want to, well, let's see, how do you make money shorting? What you do is you go in the market, you borrow a, a share, you sell the share, then you go out and talk the company uh, badly about it with all your friends and drive the price down, and then you buy the share down lower. So you're buying low and selling high, but you're doing it by the price dropping, selling at the top, and then buying later on at the bottom. And uh, but the issue with this with a short sale is you borrowed the share and you have to give it back at some time. 
So that's what they do. That's It's not illegal for hedge funds to do that. They do that all the time, and they've been doing it all the time. But what's changed? Well, what's changed is that there's this group of uh, investors, small-time investors, uh, millennials, quite a few of them, that are on a website called Reddit. So it's a social media site. There's a million and a half of them, and they uh, have been talking up, investing in this company. And uh, so I'm going to talk about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On Wednesday, they uh, the the sh- it was these shares were bid up. They went up rather than going down. And what happens is hedge funds get very nervous when the price goes up because they're losing money, big money, very quickly because they have to give the share back. And if the price is going up, in order to give the share back, they have to buy it higher than they sold it at. In other words, they start to lose money. And uh, and then when they when if they're really for, if they really get scared, they have to sell their uh, they have to they have to buy back that share at a higher price. And that's exactly what this group of Reddit investors wanted to have happen because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. All of a sudden, people come in and they're buying shares and driving the price up. And then the hedge funds come in forced to buy shares and the price goes exponential. And that's what happened. The price went way, way up, hundreds and hundreds of a percent in one day. That got everybody's attention. It was a phenomenon, a phenomenon, a, a great phenomenon. I loved it when it was happening there. Well, that was, you know, how much money can a hedge fund lose uh, when that's going up? Well, in this case, they were losing tens of billions of dollars. Let me say that again. Tens of billions of dollars. That's a lot of money. It's enough to put a company out of bankruptcy. Now, no hedge fund has gone bankrupt because of that yet. Uh, they have asked for more money, and they have to pay up. Uh, so that's that's all happening. That's all real. And that was happening on Wednesday. So I'll be right back, and let's talk about Thursday. So on Thursday, uh, the... Uh, there's a little company called Robinhood, which all of these little investors were using because it's free to trade with them. They don't charge anything. Um, so you know, these million and a half people that were buying it, uh, what happened on Thursday is Robinhood said, we are going to stop letting anyone buy any more shares in GameStop. Uh, that's unheard of, unheard of. So did uh, TD Ameritrade. Uh, so that's another in, in more inexpensive, but not as inexpensive as Robinhood. And they stopped doing that. And uh, there was a lot of screaming going on because Thursdays after Wednesday when all the big, big problems happened. And uh, government agencies got involved and they said, oh, we're going to have to look at this. And it went to the White House. The White House got involved. And uh, Janet Yellen got involved. Second, The new Secretary of the Treasury got involved. Gosh, they were getting all excited. Also on Thursday, uh, Robinhood as a company, was sued because uh, they uh, didn't allow any more purchasing of it, and uh, that's probably uh, illegal. Anyway, we'll see how that lawsuit works out. People were hurt by not being able to execute on that website. It was a rather arbitrary decision on their part, and uh, that's kind of what happened. And then on Friday, 
Robinhood reopened and allowed people to buy. Incidentally, on Thursday, what happened to the price? It went from, you know, th- I don't know, 320 down to about 120 or 350 to 120, something like that. A big drop. And what that was helping, uh, and didn't totally cure, but it was helping a lot, the hedge funds. So what these, what uh, Robinhood and uh, TD Ameritrade did actually help the hedge funds. So inter- interesting. I mean, that's, Put that in your back of your mind and remember that. It's an important fact. And on Friday, they allowed trading again, and the price turned around and went right back up into the 300s. That's where it ended on Friday. And uh, isn't that isn't that just fun and exciting? People were so excited about what was going on. Um, you know, you wonder why, were, why people were getting so excited about this. Uh, why? Why were? Why did the uh, government agencies say they're going to investigate to make sure there's no collusion by these little buyers of the shares? Uh, that's kind of weird to me, but it, that is what they said. Okay, so that's you get a feeling for what happened. It, it was earth-shattering in the market. It was what everyone was talking about. Everyone who's anyone had had a discussion about it, including the Fed Chairman Powell was having a meeting, and he was asked about that, and he kind of said, nothing to do with me. I mean, that's my interpretation of what he said, but basically he doesn't talk about individual shares. He says there's another agency that needs to look at that. <laughs> okay, let's go on to section three of what's going on here and talk about the social angle of what's going on socially with this GameStop phenomenon. So let's get on with the third section here and talk about the social angle of the this, this wonderful GameStop phenomenon. First of all, uh, that's, it is not political. It is not Republican versus Democrat, which we hear all, all that crap all the time. It is not that at all. It was not that at all. What the uh, two sides of this argument appear to be is the little guy, in other words, the, the little guys who are investing, driving the shares up, the little guy versus the system, or some people would call them the elites, the big money houses, the hedge funds, the uh, brokerage firms. That's on the other side. Incidentally, Robin Hood is a brokerage firm. You know, TD Ameritrade is a brokerage firm. Note that they hurt the little guy on Thursday. So it, this definitely looks like it was the little guy versus the big guy. And it made some strange bedfellows from po- political viewpoint. Interesting, like AOC, those of you who are familiar with that, and Ted Cruz both agreed for the first time ever in their lives on the same thing, which is, oh, it looks like the uh, brokerage firm screwed up on Thursday. And uh, and also, the little guys are not political. The little guys are Democrats and Republicans. They're all on the same side. Uh, it, this is a as much a social event. It's a political event. It is amazing to watch this happen because it, it took over the end of the last week. Now... Also, uh, you know, Janet, Janet Yellen got involved in here. Now, 
it's worth understanding that before Janet Yellen was uh, appointed as Secretary of Treasury, uh, she had speaking engagements, and she earned about $800,000 speaking, and was paid by one of the key hedge funds who was losing their shirt. Is there a conflict of interest here somewhere? Question mark? I don't know. Uh, so... This is a real scandal, no question about it. First class scandal. It's not going to be, it's not done yet. It's going to play out more in the coming week. You can definitely see this. Now, one of the things I want to really emphasize here is the word truth. Truth. We have a hard time in our society right now with truth because uh, people don't want to come down and say, hey, that's a fact, and then debate it. People want to say it's one side says says it's a fact, the other side says it is not a fact. That's the society we live in today. It's very divided, very bad. But in the case of this GameStop phenomenon, everyone agrees on the truth. Everyone agrees what happened. It is crystal clear what happened here. Yeah, there's there's could be things going on in the background we don't know about and may come out. But basically, everybody understands the truth about this event. So that also makes this a unique event uh, where strange bedfellows come together. So the social side of this is big. It is big. And it could go somewhere very different than where it started. So uh, just pay attention. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Now, I'm going to get to the why I think it's a big deal, because I'm talking about economics. I'm going to move that back into the economic field. So uh, let's move on now to the fourth section, and I'll tell you why I think this was a big deal economically. On to section four, which is the economic impact. What's the future potential economic impact of this GameStop phenomenon that happened last week? Three days of chaos that if you were in the anything to do with the market. That's all anyone was talking about for three days in a row, a little longer than that, actually. But the last three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's all people were talking about. And it'll continue on Monday. I think you, you probably can't get away from it, can you? Well, here's what I think. This came out of the blue. This was not predictable. This event where the little guy beat the big guy, this is an honest fact. The little investor beat the big guy, the hedge fund. The, the best estimate I have as of the end of Friday is that $19 billion was lost by the hedge funds. $19 billion. Now, that's huge money. And if you're a hedge fund, you're pissed off real big time. that Because the little guys are never supposed to win. They're supposed to give up their money uh, happily. But uh, clearly not. So we have some smarter little guys out there now. And uh, yeah, this was being done purposely to hurt the hedge funds. That's that's part of that. That was all on the Reddit site. That's all public knowledge. Okay, well, a bluebird event. I consider this came out of the blue. It's a bluebird event. What is that? A bluebird event is a big event that comes along and that can turn the market. In other words, something that can crash the market. Is that is this event? the thing that will crash the stock market? That's the question I'm asking because I think it has the potential of doing it. And I'm the only person who said that. I've heard 
you know, lots of people, good analysts, good economists. I've never heard anybody say that yet. But could this be the one that did it? And why would it do that? Because there is a loss of faith going on of people who invest in the stock market when they see what's happened here. Suddenly, because of the truth, because of the clarity of what's going on, they're saying, wait a minute, this market's all manipulated. Ah, those hedge funds are purposely been doing it forever. And, and, and the little guys have exposed it. You know. Yeah, if there's a loss of faith in the stock market, people will stop investing and it will crash. That's the key reason I see if it goes down at all. Now, remember, last week, while this was going on, the Dow lost 1,000 points. That was kind of hidden because of the news of this GameStop. 1,000 points is a big deal. Big deal. Next week will be the verification of it's a big deal or not. Is, is the stock market going to come back? Or is it going to continue to fall? In which case, pay big attention. Pay, pay, pay big attention. So with that, let's go on to the fifth and last section of this uh, Economy Gay Guy uh, podcast and review all the things that uh, are precursors to a market crash. This is the fifth and last section of, the, of this podcast, and I'm going to cover the pre precursors of a market crash. What could cause the market to go down? I'm going to do it in the same order as last time, and I'm going to add one. So I had five last time. I'll have six this time. First one is a 10-year treasury bond. It has turned. It is officially in a bear market now. Uh, during last week, the uh, interest rate actually fell all the way down to about 1% and ended up at 1.09 plus, 1.093%. Uh, uh, big movement, big movement in the 10-year treasury, but it confirmed that bear market. It stayed uh, in that bear market territory. It didn't come back. It would have to drop well below 1% to come back into that. Okay, the, I have a high-yield bonds, as number second one uh, reason as a precursor. And there's really no change in the high-yield bonds. The values have not shifted around much. Remember, there was a fall at the end of the previous week, but that uh, it's kind of leveled out all week this week, so no, no major indication there. I said the third reason for a precursor is the U.S. dollar, and there's no change in the U.S. dollar. That's been flat, so that's not happening either right now. The fourth reason is the inflation rate, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and uh, there was no announcement in what the CPI was. Maybe next week we'll have an announcement, so no, no news there even. Okay, the fifth precursor is the... Uh, any Fed policy change? And the answer is no. There was a Fed meeting this last week. I uh, listened to the full uh, announcement and questions and answer of uh, Fed Chairman Powell. And uh, he basically said, hey, they're going to continue doing exactly what they're doing. And they're going to let inflation rise and da-da-da-da-da. There's no change whatsoever in their policy. None. None whatsoever. It was uh, interesting to hear him defend what they're doing. Because people were actually challenging it, and I'm glad to hear that going on. And the sixth precursor is now what I call the bluebird precursor. And yes, we had a bluebird. We definitely had a bluebird this last week. 
And so watch it. it it's not a confirmed market crash, but it could be. It could be. So pay attention. And that's why I'm bringing it to your attention. That's why I spent so much time on this podcast on GameStop, some silly company with silly shares, but a big, big story. Hang in there, folks. This is a great time to be in the economy. Look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.